0: with D20 Radio, your gamer's role.
1: www.d20radio.com.
2: Welcome to Me and Steve Talk RPGs, the podcast where me and my friend Steve try and help you get the most out of your role-playing game experience. Welcome back to Me and Steve Play RPGs. As we promised you in our little bonus episode you heard a couple days ago, we're going to be doing a little bit of actual play here. This is Chapter 1, Part 1 of Mind Over Matter which is a playtest of some psionics materials that GM Chris is working on for the Genesis Foundry. As of the time of this release, they're not out yet, but they should be fairly soon. So we'd like to say a big thanks to GM Chris for coming and running this Genesis game for a bunch of players that really don't know the system. And with that, enjoy.
3: Okay.
1: So I provided you guys with some information at the start of this, uh, well, early, earlier this week, but I, I think for the interest of the listeners, I, th- I think we should kind of set the scene. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to read our, our title crawl for this, this session. And then if it's okay with you, I'd love it if the, um, the four of you could go around the table, introduce yourselves to the listener base, and also tell us who you're playing, and maybe even read the little, the, the little short paragraph character background for your character, if that would be okay. Sounds great. So the year is 1991, Uh, it has been 55 years since the first dosages of Involiast were administered to pregnant women as a cure for first trimester discomforts. In the five years before the drug was pulled from circulation and banned, the vast majority of children exposed to it in utero did not come to full term. However, those few that did were born apparently healthy and normal. In the decades that have followed, those children and their descendants have exhibited abnormal parapsychological capability. Recruited and managed by the Agency, they are the soldiers in a hidden war, a struggle to control those few who are poised to become the next evolution of human capability and to hide this strange new power, their power, from the world. All right, so with that, you guys are a team working for the agency, and we'll we'll go around the table. Um, Roman, let's start with you.
3: My name is Eric. I'm going to be playing Roman Candle. Roman is close to his fifth decade of life, and three of those decades have been spent with the agency. Roman is an EVO Boomer, one of the few original psychics who survived the in utero exposure to EVO last. With military training from Quantico and covert operations service in Vietnam, Roman is a seasoned and respected team leader, with a knack for strategy and inspiration. Those who work with him have learned to trust him, and his devotion to his team goes beyond mere professionalism. A rarity for an agent, Roman can manifest both kinetic and telepathic abilities, though not as powerful as many others. But he tends not to rely on his abilities too much, and will be the first to tell his team that a solid plan and a keen mind will serve you better than anything else. hey it's steve so i'm playing cherry bomb at only
0: 21 years old cherry is a legacy a third generation psychic with psionic capability on both sides of her family legacies are the darlings of the agency able to manifest shocking capabilities very early in life both of cherry's parents were agents sadly listed as mia after a dicey mission when cherry was only 13. driving her quiet and sometimes quite scary teen who threw herself into the agency training Accelerating rapidly, she found her niche in a stealth recon, infiltration, and heavy weaponry. She's a highly trained and naturally powered telepath, which she relishes, especially for infiltration and wet work. Cherry was handpicked by Roman for his team nearly three years ago, and he often acts as a father figure and mentor to her, which Cherry eventually came to accept and appreciate.
1: All right.
2: Emmy? I'm the other Steve, and I'm going to be playing M-80. Few psionics can avoid detection by the agency for very long, but Emmy, as his team calls him, had managed to stay off the radar until his early 30s, likely due to his security clearance as a special forces soldier and later CIA operative. With dozens of successful missions in Central and South America, it was in combat that Emmy became aware of his telekinetic capability and quietly worked to hone it like any other skill to become a more effective soldier. When the agency finally identified it and recruited him five years ago, he had one of the shortest learning curves of any agent in history. Aside from being a well trained telekinetic, Emmy is a frightening hand to hand combatant, which is belied by his continual and unflappable sense of humor and smile. He's worked with Roman the longest and loves the job. Sometimes a little too much.
4: <laughs> and cat. Hi, I'm Jesse, and I'm playing Black Cat. Did you did you guys get to pick your code names? Like that that seems like
3: something you should get to pick, right? <laughs> You didn't get to pick anything I gave it to you.
2: Yeah,
4: okay, I guess. I'm, I'm 25, uh, I newest member of the team, and uh, I'd been recruited a couple years ago out of MIT, although I dropped out at 20, and I'm spending the uh, last few years as a uh, freelance info-gathering specialist. I uh, <laughs> accidentally stumbled onto the uh, agency's mainframe and learned the uh, true secrets of what was going on here, and... Uh, uh, after after some research figured out I should probably talk to them that uh, I'm I'm a psychic uh, precognitive uh, in their terms um, uh, despite uh, initial trepidation Roman thank you uh, has uh, seen something in me that uh, apparently I'm going to be an asset to his team and uh, I'm really excited to actually be able to uh, help you know uh, to be in with the good guys uh, I'm, I'm just very excited to, to show you what I can do.
1: Fantastic. So as we we, we, we start our session, we're, we're going to start in media res, guys. So you and your team are, are this group of highly trained field agents for the agency, this clandestine government group. They oversee all psychic and psionically powered individuals. It's your job to keep the real world from figuring out what's going on here. Psychics have accidents, they often do. It's your job to keep their powers hidden, to clean up messes when they happen. And also, perhaps most importantly, identifying and potentially recruiting newly uncovered psionic people. But you guys are not the only game in town. The Soviets, uh, as well as several other countries, um, as far as the agency knows, run their own state-sponsored institutions similar to your own. And everyone is racing to snap up psychics as soon as they're identified. It doesn't really matter what their nationality is. But... What's more, the last few years we've seen some very strange movements and activities that point to one or more potentially private agencies or cabals that are invested in utilizing psionic people. Recently, you guys have heard a lot of rumors back at headquarters, that the agency believes that there are groups working with illegal Envo, which obviously was banned and is no longer supposed to be produced by anyone anymore because it's a obviously highly dangerous drug, but that it's somehow they've, they've gotten a hold of it or are manufacturing it and are even experimenting with it to force the creation of, of new and more powerful psychics. Some people say, even you guys have heard rumors, you know, that they're even subjecting already psionic people to various forms of Envo in order to, sometimes with lethal side effects, try and enhance what they can already do. It's, it's pretty dicey. And that's that's kind of where we start off. Roman, about a week ago, you got a random message from an old buddy at Quantico.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You guys were in Vietnam together. He, he's in the know, okay, as, as far as, you know, he, he, he doesn't possess your gifts, but he knows. He knows what you can do. He knows what the agency can do. And there's a lot of people that work for the agency, guys, that aren't, don't necessarily have psionic capability. They're just, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty big bureaucracy. But you know, there are a lot of people in the know. He happens to be one of them. Okay. Okay. You know, you guys did some did some some black ops work together in Vietnam, um, and he reached out to you last week. He said he had some information for you, and he was absolutely terrified. It was regarding Envo specifically, and this is kind of what flagged you. He basically said he knew where a whole bunch of Envo was, that, that he had, had an actual location. And he was, he was working in Eastern Europe, just right behind the Iron Curtain, and he, he happened to come across it. But uh, apparently things kind of went south. His message was extremely cryptic, but he, he wants to get it to you. Um, and to that end, you were able to, through some back channels, arrange a, a, a sort of clandestine, quote unquote, uh, as we'll see in a moment, not that clandestine, meeting with him. Uh, his name is Jake, and Jake wanted to meet in a extremely public place. To that end, the four of you are posted up and ready to meet with Roman's contact, Jake, at Grand Central Terminal in New York City. It is 8 p.m., it is pouring rain outside, and you guys are finding yourselves in a very unique situation. So as we as we start our game, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever been to New York or been to Grand Central Terminal, but it's pretty massive. Yeah, it is. Fully enclosed. Roman... You know, your friend Jake wanted to meet damn near the center of Grand Central, okay? Where you have taken a seat and, and are waiting for your friend, all right? Emmy, under Roman's direction, you are not quite taking a seat, but you're, you're standing at a nearby kiosk, trying on sunglasses, looking very hard to be inconspicuous, about medium range away from Roman. Okay. Um, now, this is one of the things I'd like to clarify now. Uh, we didn't talk about this earlier. Range bands in this game. Range is not measured in feet or inches or squares. It is abstract and it is narrative. All right. There are range bands. There's engaged, which is kind of the same thing in D and D. It means I'm engaged with someone else. They're they're literally next to me. We can we can fist fight each other or swing melee weapons at each other. After that, there's short. Then there's medium. Then then there's long. Then there's extreme. Which you know, long range is is, is as far as you can go while still being within sight you know if like long range you, you can still hear and see somebody but you're at quite a distance extreme range you probably can't see them clearly without some help and you may be able to understand like shouted instructions that's typically how i describe extreme range to people like you can hear someone if they are shouting at you does that make sense yeah Okay. It takes a maneuver to move from engaged to, to short, to d- disengage. It takes a move, a maneuver to kind of stay in that range band. But they're not equal ranges. Short to medium is much longer than short to short. So a- as it comes up, I'll tell you how many maneuvers it takes sometimes if you need to move extreme distances. But, Emmy, you are at medium range right now from Roman. It would take you two maneuvers to get close to him. Okay? Okay. If, if something were to happen. Cat! You are not too far away, snoring softly at your feet with a, a sedative coursing through his veins right now, is a Grand Central Security Guard. You are locked in the technical room right now, which is through a service entrance, and you are at approximately long range from Roman's position if you were to hoof it to him, okay? But from where you are at... You have access to uh, not only all the technical things like the fuse box for Grand Central, the very rudimentary computer they have there, but you also, more importantly, have access to all of the wonderful television screens that show the security camera network throughout all of Grand Central Terminal. Mm -hmm. CCTV. Mm -hmm. Cherry, you are also currently at long range from Roman at a good distance. However, if you've ever seen Grand Central, it has a beautiful cylindrical ceiling with these sort of uh, window alcoves. You are perched up in one of them with your rifle. I'd imagine. Just in case things go down. All right. The rest of you are outfitted, as your character sheets would suggest. Um, uh, Emmy, you've know you you've got, you've got, a civ- you've got some civilian clothes on, but you've still got your, your tactical armor, uh, mm-hmm. your, ta- your tack vest underneath it, as well as your concealed weapons. Okay. None of you currently have any weapons out or drawn, obviously. And that's where we're starting off, folks. Questions about what I've told you?
2: Um, what time of year is it as far as the clothing people are wearing?
1: Uh, it's about October, uh, almost November.
3: Okay, so light jackets probably mostly.
1: Yeah, just, just starting to get chilly in New York City.
3: All right. I assume being Grand Central, it's pretty densely populated with people currently, uh, even though it's 8 p.m.
1: Yeah, thousands of people coming, going constantly. Probably why, and Roman. That's probably why Jake wanted to be here.
3: Sure. Uh, I'm gonna sit in the middle of the bench, um, kind of hat pulled down with a newspaper. We'll say the Times.
1: Okay. What about the rest of you?
3: You said I'm I'm at like a little
2: kiosk where I can kind of keep an eye on him, right?
1: Yeah. You know, pretending to
0: shop.
2: Yeah, I think I'm gonna continue to do that for the time being.
0: So as as far as this, um, I'm pretty sure before this situation would have started, I would have gained a telepathic link with Roman prior to him sitting down to know if things are going to go sideways?
1: Is that a story point? Um, I will let you spend a story point to do so, but you are going to need to maintain that link with a maneuver every round that you continue to do things. You, you continue to do it. Now, right now, you're, you're fine, but if stuff goes down, keep that in mind. Okay. So, yeah, go ahead and flip a story point for me, and we'll say, we'll say that you've got a telepathic link with Roman right now. What's our comm situation otherwise? Right now, due to the conspicuous... I mean, you, you guys normally have access to, you know, standard walkie-talkies with earbuds, okay? But considering this this clandestine meeting, uh, you guys currently, currently don't have that. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Nope, nope, I'm looking at my notes here. Sorry, sorry, I'm looking at my notes. Cat, you have a walkie-talkie to Cherry. Cherry, you've got your ear comm in. Okay. But, but Emmy and Roman do not. Okay. So, uh... Cherry, when's your birthday?
0: Wouldn't you like to know, Creep? Well, I mean,
1: I've
4: got the horoscope here. Are you, uh, Taurus, I bet.
0: Can I tell you about this band I heard? Sure. So I I went to see uh, Sonic Youth, like, last year. And there was this band that opened for them. They were really terrible. Uh, But I guess they're getting some groundswell. People really seem to like them. I don't know. Ever heard of uh, Nirvana? No. Hmm. I don't know. Anyways, I'm a Leo
1: fitting so you can hear in your head Roman uh, cherry bantering with cat and you smile briefly but you catch a glimpse coming up from Grand Central Station you see a very familiar face currently at long range from you um, and walking towards you you know middle aged guy fellow uh, about your age uh, whose face you clearly recognize even though he's put on about 50 pounds since you saw him last and quite a few wrinkles Um, and it's your buddy Jake
3: I'll push back through the link, cut the chatter, and look alive. Uh,
1: Jake spots you um, and starts to walk towards you. He looks, he, he looks like he's about to jump out of his skin. He looks like he hasn't showered in quite some time. He's wearing a trench coat and carrying an attache. Okay. And he's furtively glancing around as he starts to walk towards you, clearly heading your way. Uh, Roman, are you going to stay where you are and wait for him, or are you going to get up move towards him? What are you going to do?
3: No, I'm gonna stay here and try not to take notice of them and act as if I'm not associated with them.
1: Okay. At this point in time, I like to call for a perception check. Now, one of the other things I love about this system is that in something like D&D, you make incredibly discrete checks. Everything tends to get rolled up in Genesis, which I really, really like. So I'm gonna call for a group perception check right now from all four of you. So perception, the the skill, uh, is governed uh, specifically by cunning, so we're gonna take the highest cunning score in the group, which is a three, and that's actually gonna be that's uh, that's gonna be cats, I believe. Although I think, cherry, I think your cunning might be pretty good too.
0: I have a two.
1: No, it's a two. Okay, so cats is a three, and also the highest skill rank we have in the group, uh, which is also gonna be cats of of two as well. So, we create the dice pool out of that. And, and for those not quite familiar with the system, you have two numbers for a skill. You have the ranks you have in the skill, you also have the uh, characteristic that governs it. You take the larger of the two numbers and you get that many green dice. You take the smaller of the two numbers and you upgrade that many dice to yellows, which means that we're gonna have a two yellow, one green pool at the moment. Uh, Chris, mm-hmm. point of order. Am I engaged with myself I don't know that that's possible. Why
4: would you want to be engaged with yourself? Well, I have this ability called Heightened Awareness. Any allies yeah. within short range add a boost die to perception checks. They allies did. engaged with me gain two boost dies. I'm assuming I'm an ally with myself. I just wanted to know if I was engaged with myself
1: or within short range of myself. You are not an ally with yourself. That is a special talent that is a buff for your friends.
4: Oh, so I've not, not gotten through the therapy where I love myself
1: yet. Got no. It. No, no, unfortunately, no. Um, that, that amazing talent represents you uh, just assisting your friends with their checks. However, since you brought it up, Kat, you are at the helm of a CCTV system, correct? Yes, sir. Well, I, I don't know. Do you think that might give you some kind of benefit, maybe, towards this check? Maybe uh, some extra perceptive capability? Uh, you know what? I was
4: going to argue for the uh, ability on my character sheet first, but if you're going to let me have this one, too.
1: I don't see why not. So do me a favor. Go ahead and why don't you go ahead and build the group's pool. So let's do two yellows and a green. Go ahead and add in a uh, blue boost die as well. And your difficulty on this check is going to be one purple, one red, and one black setback die due to the incredibly crowded nature of this place. All right. Make that roll. Ooh. Okay. So we've had our cancellations get performed. We have a total of two successes one threat and the uh narratively speaking taking a look at the dice results both the 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 boost i actually came up blank um so our our successes really did come from our 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 standard dice so in that regard i'm going to say that around the same time all of you kind of start to notice something and just narratively speaking cherry i think with your your keen eyes and your elevated position you start to notice it first okay Okay. With your two successes, I'm going to say that you notice two people in Grand Central that are also taking a very unusual interest in Jake, who you've clearly identified as walking towards Roman at this point. The one threat you guys rolled, um, yeah. I'm going to put that in my pocket for the moment. <laughs> two bogeys, Jerry. You see him?
0: Mm, yeah, I see him. Roman, we got two. watching.
1: All right, and Roman, you can pick them out too. They're in opposite directions on either side of the terminal. Um, They're at medium range from you and Emmy, one of them is actually at short range from you because you're kind of off to the side, you know, doing your faux shopping, right?
2: Okay.
4: Roman, I got a security guard mic here um, on our unconscious friend. You want me to call him in?
3: No. Keep an eye on them, though. I think I'm actually going
2: to kind of glance at my wrist like I realize what time it is and head off on a course to accidentally, on purpose, bang into the guy that's at short range to, like, you know, disorient, interrupt him, so to speak?
1: I love it. Uh, I would definitely classify that as uh, deception. So why don't you go ahead and select deception for me? Uh Your difficulty on this is going to be two purple dice. Okay. I'm also going to give you a black setback die. You remember that threat I put in my pocket earlier? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, um, you know, your, your, your noticing of them was, was noticed by them. Uh-huh. So go ahead and give me the roll there. Two purple and a black. And right. that's a failure. No threat or advantage, but a straight failure. All right, man, so you're at short range with him, okay? Mm-hmm. You engage. You, you, get, you get close enough to engage with him. And at this point, Roman, Jake is still moving towards you. I'd say he's at medium range from you at this point, Okay. You know, you, you move towards this guy, and Emmy, he recognizes what you're going to do right away. You get a closer look at him. Y- he, you can smell, what as you get close to him, kind of a harsh, almost alcoholic smell coming off of him. It almost smells like vodka.
2: Uh-huh.
1: His teeth are, are not the best in the world. And he kind of looks you dead in the eyes and snarls with sort of this graveyard of a mouth. And his, his jacket falls open and you see an Uzi strapped underneath it. And I need immediate vigilance checks from everybody. We're going to go into initiative right now. So I have started the initiative rolls. All you got to do is go ahead and select Vigilance from your your skill. Um, initiative checks are not made with any difficulty, so don't worry about difficulty. Just roll your Vigilance right now and roll the dice. Alright, we have two success, two advantage from Roman. We have two successes from Emmy. We have 0 success with 3 advantage from Cherry, um, and we have 2 success, 2 advantage from Cat, as for myself, 3 successes, and 1 success, 2 advantage. Um, now you guys can see in the initiative tracker at the top of, uh, above your characters, we have 4 PCs and 2 NPCs. One of the other neat things about this game is that unlike other games, you roll initiative, but that's not your slot. Every single one of the initiative slots that you guys rolled is a PC slot. And round to round, you guys get to choose who acts in what order. And so do I for my NPCs. Make sense? Yep. Okay. Uh, additionally, the, the order in which people are act, uh, you, you go from most successes to fewest successes. And then if you have a tie for successes, you use advantages as the tiebreaker, basically. And then if there's a tie beyond that, you use triumphs. If we rolled any, but we did not. Um, so with that, oh my gosh. Emmy, he, he sees you, and, and he is going to go first, all right? He is engaged with you right now. Mm-hmm. He is going to reach into his jacket. He is going to pull out an Uzi, and he is going to attempt to... Sp- I, mean, I mean, this is insane. I want to stress this. You are in Grand Central Terminal right now, and this guy just pulled out an Uzi at point-blank range with you and is going to try and shoot you with it. Mm-hmm. The gun comes out immediately. Nearby people start screaming. And he is going to roll to attack. Now, this is a a ranged light weapon, and at engaged range. It's actually a lot harder for him to hit. He's looking at two purple difficulty dice on this. So I'm rolling a yellow, a green, and two purple. And he failed. Uh, He failed. It was two failures with three advantages, however. So he failed. At that range, man, he he, ju- he just can't quite get you. Um, however, with with three advantage, dude, the, the, the gun goes off, and I mean, bullets go flying right next to your ear, Emmy. He's going to take those three advantages and split them appropriately. Um, he is going to use one of them to embolden his ally, who's going to rush into action with a boost die to his next check, and he's going to spend two of them to give you, with your ringing ears, a setback die on the next check you make, okay? Okay. And so a gun is out, and an Uzi just went off in Grand Central Terminal. Jake turns towards this, looking terrified. All the rest of you do. We have three PCs who have yet to go. There's also another suspicious character that you guys spotted on the opposite side of the terminal. Again, medium range from Roman and Jake, who are also medium range from each other, who has yet to go, who's doing what?
3: I think Roman would go in this instance. Um, okay. The link is still up telepathically.
1: Um, until Cherry, uh, until Cherry's come, turn comes around, and, she, and if she decides not to maintain it, yes, it'll be good until the end of her next turn.
3: All right, Roman uh, says over to it, Cherry, tell Cat to hit the fire alarm. We've got to get these people out of here. Should I ring some skulls?
1: Yeah, well, that's an easy incidental. Not a problem with that
3: and then he's gonna get up and start moving towards Jake. He'll spend maneuver to go to short.
1: Okay, um, you, if, you, if, you want, if you want to engage with him, you can get there in two maneuvers.
3: Yeah, so I'm gonna spend my action to, to get, uh, actually I'll spend two strain mm-hmm. to get there.
1: So you're gonna spend two strain to take two maneuvers and an action in the same turn? Yes. Okay, easy, so spend your two strain and what's the action you wanna perform?
3: Um, I want to see if I can take the case from Jake or, like, kind of grab it and then put my arm around him to kind of start directing him.
1: You, you, uh, so let's, let's do this. And we we may take your strain back because we, we may end up downgrading this to an incidental. What what you described isn't necessarily an action, and you've already taken two maneuvers, so I, I don't think you can get another one in. You go to grab the case, and mm-hmm. you can now see uh, that you missed earlier under his cuff. It's handcuffed to his wrist. Okay. So, so, yeah, as an incidental, you reach down to grab it, and you can immediately see, oh, crap, it's handcuffed to his wrist. And he's staring at you with absolute terror.
3: And I just look up at him and say, we've been in tougher spots than this. We got this. Stay with me.
1: Do you want to use your action for anything? Um, I know you have some abilities you may, you may be able to use.
3: Yep. Uh, I think I am going to do... I'm not engaged with anybody. Uh, no. so But I can use inspiring rhetoric, I think.
1: Um, actually, you're out of range for inspiring rhetoric now that I think about it. And I even told you, hey, what about about it? Because it's within short range.
3: Oh, short range, right.
1: It's, it's, within, it's within short range. Yep. Um, well, he could inspire Jake.
3: Yeah, that's he what could. I was thinking of using it on him. But I think he's too terrified to have it make any effect.
1: Yeah, totally up to you. And if you'd rather just recover your two strain and not spend the action, I'd totally allow it. Yeah, let's do that. All right, so recover this two strain. All right, I got two more PCs up before this other angry fellow gets a chance to act. I've got the fire alarm. All right, Cat. Honestly, I don't even think you... So you, is your goal here just to, just to turn the fire alarm on? Yeah, I'll hit the fire alarm, and I've got the...
4: I mean, if there's an unconscious security guard here, I'm assuming I have his radio, so I can uh,
1: start preventing
4: security from entering the situation.
1: Okay. So, I'm going to say it's going to take you a maneuver to switch the fire alarm on, which all of you guys hear. The fire alarm goes off. And, obviously, an Uzi just went off inside the terminal. People are freaking out anyway. But the fire alarm went off, which also means that the fire department has been called. You yanked the guy's radio up, man. And based on what you described, I'm definitely going to need a deception check. All right? For sure. Now, go ahead and give yourself a boost dive because you are calling on the security channel from the guards radio and the fire alarm just went off and there's been gunfire so i think you have a lot going for you here your difficulty on this is going to be two purple dice what are you trying to achieve with this check before we make it though i want
4: to keep the security guards away from the situation because i don't think they them getting involved is going to cause problems for everyone
1: Okay, so you, you, you want to you wanna spin a... I mean, I'm, I have no doubt the agency probably has several covers they immediately go to. You know, they're, you know gas, chemicals, you know, whatever, right? Bomb, right? Yep, and I'm in the, the
4: control room, and if there's an automatic call going out to the fire department, I'm assuming they're calling in because they want to check and make sure that this is a false, not a false alarm before they dispatch?
1: Yeah, you just triggered the alarm. They have not, they're not calling in yet, but yeah, it most likely would come here.
4: Yeah, so I'll, I'll field that one as well, let them know that we're, we're all fine here, we're okay. Uh, minor gas leak, but everything's fine.
1: Phenomenal. So we're going to do one deception check to handle all of this. Again, two purples your difficulty, and you've got a boost eye coming your way as well.
4: Okay, and the deception check is an action or a...
1: Yeah, that would be... A, any skill check is an action. Good deal. Okay. Nice. One success with one advantage. Okay, so you succeeded on this... Um, and they're they 're buying it uh, what what do you want to do narratively man what 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 kind of what what do you want to say at a high level to keep them away from the situation uh, bomb threat chemical weapons
4: yeah yeah bomb threat in the in the main area we've we've set off the fire alarm as is our protocol please help you know evacuate everyone in an orderly fashion. The police have been called and are on their way clear the clear the main
1: floor, clear the main floor okay, they buy it. You also have one advantage what would you like to do with that
4: uh So at this point, I I feel like I have a pretty good control of the situation. Everything's going pretty normally. Can I recover the strain I used to uh, trigger my rapid reaction power?
1: Absolutely. Boop. Done. Done and done. Um, And this is something else we haven't really talked about. I kind of wanted to wait until we got into combat, guys. But for those of you not familiar with the system, you can spend advantage and triumphs in interesting ways. Uh, Obviously, one of the things you can do in an encounter is you can always spend advantage to recover strain hint hint nudge nudge for those of you popping strain heavy with psionic powers wink wink nudge nudge (laughs) um you can also spend advantage to do other interesting stuff like uh give boost die to your friends put setback dice on your enemies with enough advantage you can even take a free maneuver Uh, do all kinds of interesting stuff but you know and there's a whole table in the book but i would ask you just to tell me kind of what you want to do narratively and we'll figure out what that translates to from a mechanical perspective based on the advantage you've rolled
4: actually uh instead of instead of recovering strain can i can i pass a boost die to somebody like whoever goes next
1: it would be whoever goes next for one advantage absolutely um so it would be either cherry or emmy and i'll tell you what we'll decide the narrative based on who goes next because what you've just done clearing things out and setting the fire alarm off could give them a boost die in many different ways okay so yeah if you want to give yourself your strain back and pass a boost to the next pc to go i'm totally down Sure, let's do it. All right, so Cherry, Emmy, you guys haven't gone yet. Who wants to go before the next NPC?
0: I think at this point, Cherry has sort of, if if you don't mind, Emmy. Yeah, go ahead. All right, I think at this point, Cherry has grabbed her rifle, sort of breaking the telepathic link, and is starting to basically take aim at the guy that has not fired yet.
1: I would say you're probably the only one with your weapon out, because it's not like something you can easily stow. Um, so I'm totally down with that. So you wanna you wanna break the telepathic link, um, which yep. means it will let, it, it will it will still persist until the end of your next turn. I'd like to point that out. Okay. Okay. But you're not you're not committed to concentrating it on on it anymore.
0: So basically, what I'll do then, what I'll do real quick is just sort of as just sort of as like an incidental, I'll just say to, I'll just say to Roman, I'm going silent, Roman. Understood.
1: All right, and you wanna aim at the other guy? Yes. Okay. So from where you're positioned, you were kind of at long range from, from Roman. Um, and with M80, where he was, he was kind of at medium range from Roman. So I think you're at medium range from M80 and his assailant. And I think you are probably still at long range from the other guy who's on the other side of Roman and Jake at this point. So at that distance, you are going to be uh, at long range. You're going to be facing three purple dice on an attack roll. Additionally this guy has concealment from the mob of people that are running in and around him, which is going to give you an additional black setback die. So you're looking at three purple, one black on this difficulty, which is hot and heavy. But you do have maneuvers to aim or do anything else like that you might wish.
0: Right, and I think I will actually spend a maneuver to aim, so I'll gain a uh, boost die. Boost die, mm-hmm. And I'm just going to do that. I'm going to go ahead and take the shot with my rifle, which is... Two yellows, a green, and then the boost die. And then you said uh, two purples and a black.
1: Three purple and a black at long range. Okay. Don't forget my boost die. You also get a blue boost die. So let's let's talk about that. Where does the boost die come from, Cat and Cherry? Um, how, how have you taken advantage of this uh, excellent deception and the fire alarm pulling uh, to get that extra boost die, Cherry? Um, and it could be your your opponents distracted. It could you know what I mean. It could be people have cleared out of the way. Who knows.
0: I think it's basically that I've kept eyes on him, even though the crowd has sort of started to swallow him up. And now that the crowd is starting to disperse because the fire alarm has been pulled, he's standing out sort of like a sore thumb.
1: Understood. Yeah, I love it. Um, so the crowd's dispersing. He's like a sore thumb. You've got that clean shot, so you've got two boost die coming your way. So if you've got your difficulty set, roll it. All right, let's see what happens. Oh, yeah! Woo! All right. You've got two successes one threat and one triumph so let's let's handle it let's first things first um you've got two uncanceled successes based on that add that to the base damage from your weapon how much damage are you going to deal um
0: so my base damage is nine with the two successes that's what 10 11
1: 11 and does your weapon have any special qualities
0: yes it does have pierce
1: aha so it will ignore one point of this dude's soak now, this is a big dude, both of them are.
0: It's a big gun, to be fair.
1: It, it, it is a huge gun. You do not drop him, but you do hit him in the shoulder, and it's bad, okay? Um, he, is, he is severely wounded, and you see, you see kind of arterial blood starting to squirt out, all right? Um, he, he's in a really bad way. He snarls at you. And with his threat, he looks up at you with utter hatred, sees you in the rafters, and with that threat, um, you're, you're telepathic, Cherry, correct? Correct. At this distance, you feel parapsychological energy. You feel it. Psionic energy radiate off of him. You guys lock eyes, and you have this moment of telepathic connection as you kind of reach out. He reaches in, and you feel a chill go down your spine. Um, as you realize that this is a powered individual, which you were none of you were expecting or preparing for. And I'm going ha- to say uh, you suffer one strain, Cherry. Okay. Now, you have a Triumph. <laughs> what do you want to do with it? Triumph can be spent to do simple things, but highly effective things like crit with your weapon. Um, you could also spend it to do crazy, potentially encounter-changing stuff, narratively. What would you like to do?
0: Um, hmm. Trying to think what I might do with that. I I think she would be more focused on, I think she would be more focused on critting with the weapon and doing that damage than changing the battlefield in any way. She's more worried about dropping this guy than anything else happening on the battlefield.
1: I can understand that completely. Okay, so I let me let me bring up uh, that NPC and I will I will roll the crit.
0: She's trying to think back to all those times that Roman was like, focus on the target and not on the battlefield.
1: Yeah, okay, nice one. Uh, That's a 35, which is a stunned result. Yeah, you you, you hit this guy so hard with that arterial spurt that he physically cannot perform an action on his next turn. Uh, He snarls, and as this huge rifle shot rings out and hits him, uh, the other guy who's engaged with Emmy turns to look and hollers something at him in Russian. And with that, that was three PCs. It is now his turn. Um, and there's he, he, he can't take any actions. He is stunned. Um, he's going to take two maneuvers from where he is. He is going to get behind a nearby bench, kind of hunkering down. He is going to give himself cover. And he is going to spend another maneuver to pull an Uzi, another Uzi, out of his jacket. Uh, and that's his turn. That's all he can do. Last slot in initiative goes to Emmy, who hasn't acted yet. Uh, you were engaged with an Uzi-wielding, apparently Russian maniac.
2: <laughs> so, like, stuffing my hand in my pocket and grabbing my brass knuckles is probably a maneuver, correct?
1: Yes. Equipping your brass knuckles, if you wish, would be a maneuver.
2: I think what he's going to do... He's going to stuff his hand in his pocket, but he's just going to kind of look at the guy and wave a finger, and I want to use my mental lever power. And you tell me exactly, but my, my thought was to try to separate him from the Uzi with mental lever, just because the name fits.
1: Yeah, so this would be... Typically, uh, this power would would be tough as it's unattended. I, I, I mean, typically, it's designed to work on people or unattended objects, but basically, you're wanting to telekinetically disarm him, okay? Yes, so this is going to be tough because you're engaged with him mm-hmm. and we're definitely into a narrative use of the power right now, but mm-hmm. let's, uh, in fact, let me pull up powers power reference really quick. No, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it right here. I'm just trying to think Th- this is, this is going to be hard, man. Or I mean, well, not physically hard. It's going to be harder than hard. Um, you, you are certainly welcome to attempt it. Okay. Okay. Um, but he, he's, 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 oh, oh, yo, no, let's do this. It's going to be an opposed. I love this system. It's going to be an opposed check. I will absolutely let you do this, but it's going to be opposed by his athletics to hold on to this thing. Okay. Um, So his athletics is three green dice. So I'll let you attempt this for uh, a difficulty of three purple dice.
2: Okay, so I select my kinetics, right?
1: Yep, and select kinetics, add three purple dice, and click roll.
2: And I have a setback from his advantage.
1: Earlier, Th- yes, thank you. Thank you for reminding me of that. Yes, okay. you do have a setback.
2: All right, let's see what happens. But Seems like the best plan I can come up with.
1: Okay, you fail with one threat.
2: I take two strain, correct?
1: Um, so you are going to suffer two strain just for activating the power straight away. And with your one threat, um, mm, yeah, n- not only is he able to, to, to hold it back from you, since this is a threat on the psionic power not only is he able to keep you from pulling it away uh, you kind of you pull it towards you to kind of y- y separate the two of them, like him away and the weapon towards you, and because he's hanging on you kind of pull him to you, which he is going to use to basically slap you upside the head with the butt of the Uzi. alright, this is your choice, but you are going to either suffer two additional strain or one wound that bypasses soak, your choice
2: I'll take the wound
1: all right, the wounded is. All right, we're at the start of the second round and we have NPCs up. I'm going to leave your play toy where he is right now because we're, we're going to instead go back to the guy who's now uh, crouched and at, at medium range from Roman and, and the, the, the other feller, Jake. And he is going to attempt a manipulate on Jake. Okay, he fails. Uh, and it's going to suffer two strain, but he rolled three advantage on his check. So Roman, you see this guy from his position right now at medium range. He reaches out with his mind and and his hand and, and literally tries to yank your friend Jake. So you now realize immediately that this is a, a psionically powered individual. Um, and Jake kind of stumbles... He's not able to pull him from his position engage with you, but with those three advantage, he is going to knock Jake prone. Okay. So Jake Jake gets jostled, yanked, and he falls, you know, flat on the floor. With the rest of his turn, uh, this guy is going to maneuver, he's gonna take another two strain. He's gonna maneuver to within short range of Roman and Jake and spend another maneuver, his second maneuver, to hunker down behind cover again all right i got three pcs up
3: i'll go last this time i'll let the others take their turns first
1: don't all act at once yeah no i'm more of a support (laughs) role if you guys would
4: like me to go first i can lay out some buffs i think but that's if you think you need
0: them yeah that would make the most sense i would say go for it yeah
4: okay psionics
1: are in play at this point uh do i know that uh, at this point, I think all of you have seen the at least the one individual who's hunkered right now behind in cover attempt to, to use Kinesis to pull Jake the Contact. You, you all clearly saw that. Um, even Kat, you, you saw that on the CCTVs.
4: All right. Uh, so then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab my Foresight power and use the uh, friendly focus and control parts of it oh, to yeah. attempt to buff Emmy, who's in melee. And then if I, if I
1: pull off enough advantage... I can also hit Roman, right? Uh, Let's see. You're quite a ways away from them. But you are within long range. Yeah, we did say that, aren't you? So, yeah, you can absolutely... So you said you wanted to do foresight with friendly focus, and what else? I get control for free. Oh, you do? Okay, well then you absolutely can do this. Uh, this is what you do. Uh, so, so absolutely, this is going to be a four purple difficulty to attempt, because the base difficulty is average of two, and the friendly focus increases two additional purple difficulty. And you also get uh, control for free, which is a plus one purple difficulty. Oh, it's a failure. No threat, no advantage. Two failures. Yeah, man, it may- maybe it's the fire alarm that's going off blaring in your ears, but y- you're just not able to get a clear vision.
4: Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. They're shooting.
1: And they're psychic. Oh,
4: crap. <laughs> um, So then I can take my maneuver to run interference, but I'm not within medium range of either of these guys, am I?
1: No, unfortunately. If you wanted to leave your hidey hole and get out into the fray, you could do that. Start that journey.
4: Uh, I'm going to stay where I am, I think. Because... I- I don't know what else is going on and eyes on the situation is better than me going out there
1: and flailing around. Fair enough. All right. Well, I've got two more PCs to go. Uh, And we've got the bad guy, one, uh, Mr. Psionic, that you've seen via Psionic, hunker down uh, in cover. He's got a weapon drawn. Um, And then, you know, Emmy, you're obviously engaged with a guy who's, you know, just gave you a wallop with an Uzi after shooting at you.
2: Yeah, I think, unless somebody objects, I'm just going to go next. And I think at this point, mechanically, I'm going to take a maneuver to aim, but effectively just kind of like you know, knocking his, the gun away from my head and just pummel a sucker. <laughs> so that would be...
1: I I, I love it. Um, oh, so if you take a maneuver to aim, that's that's uh, that's going to give you a boost die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your difficulty on this uh, for a standard uh, melee attack would be, uh, or brawl attack in this case, would be two purple dice.
2: Alright, so let's see what we get here.
1: You know what? You know what? Oh, you, you already rolled. Never mind. You, you you already rolled. Okay. You succeeded. Four successes and one threat. Ooh. All right. So four successes plus your base. How much damage is he going to take? Eight. Eight. It is noted. All right. You give him a head ringer. He's still pretty upset. Uh, with the one threat you've rolled, I'm going to spend that. No. You've given him a boost die on the next check he makes against you. Okay. No, no, you've given him, I'm going to say no. Instead, you've overextended yourself a little bit. I think you've made yourself a more priority target, maybe a little easier, and he is going to get, uh, you're you're going to suffer a setback die on the next check you make. Okay. I think that's, yeah, I I like that better, because you're a powerhouse, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay, that's your maneuver, that's your action. Yep. All right, uh, Roman, Cherry, who's up next?
3: Cherry, why don't you take this one?
1: Yeah,
0: with a with a little bit of a smirk and as much finesse as you can, she goes ahead and loads another round in the chamber and takes aim at the guy that's hunkered behind the bench.
1: Okay, it'll take you. It'll take you two. So your your rifle has the prepare quality, so it takes a maneuver. Like because it because it's a breech loader. So or not or not a breech, but it's got a a, it's a bolt load bolt eject. So you will take to take an action and two maneuvers. You will suffer two strain.
0: Yeah, I think it's worth it. Okay, I'll go ahead and take those strain. And yeah, she's gonna take aim at the guy behind the, behind the bench again.
1: Okay, so you've got a boost die coming your way. Now, he's moved up. I think he's within medium range of you now. Um, however, okay. he does have cover uh, that he's given himself. So your difficulty on this is gonna be two purple and one black.
0: Okay, so that is two yellows, a green, and a advantage die, and then two purples and a black for the disadvantage, correct? Yes. All right. And that is one failure and two advantages.
1: That is a that is a fail. So yeah, your shot goes wild, but you got two advantages out of it. So you didn't hit him, but you got two advantages. What do you want to do with them?
0: Uh, I'm going to go ahead and spend those to reduce my strain. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. Uh, well, the guy engaged with Emmy is up. He is going to spend a maneuver to disengage, um, and at that point is going to. Ooh, he's tried the Uzi. That hasn't worked too much. And you just gave him a pretty big wallop. I think he's going to attempt... I think he's going to attempt to strike power on you. And, okay. you know, and, and it, it's going to be... You, you You feel in your head pain. And from your sparring sessions with Cherry, you know immediately what he is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You feel your blood starting to boil a little bit. And with a very thick Russian accent, but in English, you you can hear him whisper at you as you feel telepathic tendrils invade your mind. You hear him say the word, Burn. Burn. And I'm going to spend a story point to upgrade this. Three success with one threat. Well, he's not able to activate burn. Oh well. Uh, (laughs) But uh, that is going to be a total of... uh, Eight wounds. Don't forget to subtract your soak.
2: So my soak is four. So,
1: and additionally, his concentration, I, I and, and, his, and his threat. I think. I think, um, especially with the head ringer he got. I, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to say he suffers another strain. So he's looking. Yeah, he's he's taking some. He's t- he's taking some strain. All right, uh, Roman, you're the last PC to go this round.
3: All right, I'm going to try to assist Jake in getting up.
1: Maneuver. Not hard at all.
3: Yep. And we're going to just um, try to maneuver away again um, to get out of the range of those guys. So we're trying to move away from them. Okay. And um, I'm still medium. Well, I'm short away from him, medium away from everybody else. Or medium Correct. away from me and long from the other two. Yeah. All right. Um,
1: who, who do you want to move closer to?
3: I want to move closer to basically the exit um, from this area, like maybe a side room or something.
1: Well, heading towards uh, Cat and the security room is probably the, uh, if you're looking for a side area, because even then, you know, we're we're at the end of the second round. It's been like 10 seconds since everything kicked off. There are still people screaming and trying to get out of this place.
3: Yeah, let's make our way towards Cat.
1: Yeah, if you, if you make your way towards like a service exit, you, you you'll get there. Okay, so at that point, you guys are now at medium range from the the assailant who's closest to you, um, and I would say you're you're still with range bands at medium range from the other guy and M, and at long range from Cherry, but you're you're closer to Cap. All right, all right. New round, and an NPC is up. Uh, well, finally, this, this fellow who sees you leaving. I'm gonna, ooh yeah. He is going to to reach out with his Uzi at medium range and you are engaged. So that's gonna be, he is going to take a shot, not at you, but at Jake.
3: Okay, can I flip a story point to say that I am in between the two and Jake can get cover from me?
1: I would upgrade the check if you did that, absolutely. So go ahead and flip a story point and that will turn one of the purples into a red. But turnabout's fair play. I'm also going to spend a story point and do an upgrade on my own. All right. Oh, no. Ooh. Oh, no. Yay. <laughs> okay. Two success with one advantage and one despair. Um, so when you're shooting, so, so he succeeded with an advantage, but his despair is that he hit the wrong target. Hmm. Uh, because of the engaged situation. So Roman, I hate to say it, but that target is going to be you.
3: Hey, that's all right. That's a goal.
1: So with that and, and the, the Uzi, a hail of bullets goes out uh, and he is going to inflict eight wounds on you, uh, minus your soak, of course.
3: All right. So that's six damage. So um, narratively, basically, he starts spraying bullets. I kind of wrap, uh, turn Jake away from the fire and put my back to him and they start riddling the back of my uh coat and vest
1: yeah fantastic uh good role play. all right um with his one advantage um he is going to recover a strength. okay uh i got three pcs up yeah
0: cherry's gonna go after catching that out of the corner of her eye and seeing roman get shot up she's gonna immediately uh shoot at the guy that just just did that to him all right, but Jerry, that's your your surrogate father. Do you want to s- flip a story point for that? You guys do have four. Of them. Yeah, well, I'll flip a story point to. Um, I, I don't really know what the.
1: It, it would upgrade you. So yeah. so if, okay. if you, so 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 basically, uh, like so, if you select your skill, okay, it, it's going to give you it's going to give you a a yellow and two greens, or excuse me, uh, two two yellow and a green, right? Correct. Yes. Click on the green die to get rid of it, and then click on the yellow die to replace it with a yellow. Okay. All right, so you've just upgraded. Your difficulty on this, he's still at medium range from you, is going to be two purple and a black for cover. You will need to spend a maneuver to to rack around into your sniper rifle. Okay, Uh,
0: that's a strain then?
1: No, 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 you haven't taken any maneuvers yet. Okay, yeah,
0: so that's... I'm just letting
1: you know. If you wanted to take a second maneuver to aim for two strain, you could certainly do that, but I'm just letting you know that you do have a spent maneuver just to fire your gun beforehand.
0: Um... No, we're going to say she's sort of swinging. She's not actually going to really
1: aim at this point. She's just reacting blindly. Absolutely. Um, so your pool should be three yellow at this point and uh, two purple and a black. Two purple and a black. All right. Wow. Yeah. Uh, one success, one threat, and one triumph. Um, so here's the deal uh, before we get to the triumph. With that success, I mean, you, and your base damage of nine and pierce one, he's down. Okay, you, you you put a hole neatly between his eyes. Let's say that, um, guy. It's such a, it's such a punky use of it, but I, I think it really fits the scenario, especially considering the wonderful narrative role play you just gave me about reacting in the way you did out of anger and fear for this threat to Roman. I think that I I think that's gonna. I think your blood's racing. I think your heart's pumping. I think you're scared. I think that threat's gonna be another strain towards you, Jerry. Okay, but you have a triumph. Omg what do you want to do with that and uh, and you know and if and everyone you guys you guys i mean it's it's up to it's up to cherry how she's going to spend it but all of you can welcome to make suggestions this could be a potentially encounter changing thing
0: i have an idea and and you could stop me if it's too much let's say the 50 bmg that leaves his head because obviously it would leave his head would break the handcuffs and basically drop
1: this drop the case interesting um if if you if you want if you want like a ricochet to randomly leave the bad guy, head there and break the handcuffs dropping the case, I would totally allow that. Yeah, let's say that. That is that is triumph worthy. So yeah, at this point Roman, you just get lit up. You 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 glance over your shoulder and you can see Cherry take this perfect shot. Your assailant who's been focusing on you falls over dead and the the bullet Goes through him, hits the marble floor of Grand Central Terminal, ricochets off, and you can feel the ricochet swing past you, and you hear this "chink" as as uh, the, as the handcave as the hand case cuffs are neatly cut, amazingly missing both you and Jake.
3: <laughs> Roman just turns his
0: head and looks up at her. She just sort of salutes with two fingers and goes back to what she
2: was doing.
1: <laughs> All right, oh, that's good. I got two PCs up. Uh, and Sammy. Do you want to go?
2: Yeah, sure. So this guy is just kind of like, uh, yeah, he he like took a step back and then tried to to do psychic things, right? Oh yes. So I think I'm just going to look at him and be like, oh, so you want to play that way, do you? And this time, I'm actually going to use the now silhouette one is standard human, hum, yeah, that's
1: uh, hum, human sized, yes. Okay. Silhouette two would be like an automobile.
2: Okay. So. I'm going to guess, being as it's Grand Central Station, there's one of those nice little magazine newspaper stands with a big rack, you know, that, like, folds out. Can I, like, is there one of those within range that I can just hurl him into with Mental Lever? Is
1: your intention to do damage to him?
2: Not particularly.
1: Because Mental Lever will just let you move him a range, man. That's it. If you want to hurt this guy, we need to do a strike power.
2: Okay. Um...
1: And if you, wanna, if you wanna narrate it out, at the range you're at, because he disengaged from you right now, right. It, would just be, it would just be an easy check. Literally, one purple die, that's all you'd be dealing with him. If you wanted to add something like, uh, if, it, look, looking at the, at, at, the, at the sonic power of strike, you could add impact to give it the knockdown quality, which you could potentially trigger to knock him on his butt. You could add the manipulative quality, uh, for an extra purple die, which if the attack hits, not only would you deal, d- deal damage, but if you happen to roll two advantage, you could spend them to then move him in a range band any direction you choose. Uh, yeah,
2: saying? yeah. Okay, then yeah, let's do that. Let's use strike. Now, and I have to select.
1: If you want to add it, if you want to add something extra to it, you got to select it before you roll. Right. And the thing is, if you add manipulative, you still have to generate two advantage to pull it off. But even if you don't you're still gonna damage him with the strike you're just not going to move him a range band narratively speaking yeah you hurl him you pick him up and hurl him into a nearby magazine stand and that's the damage but it's not going to move him a range band so honestly yeah
2: that's fine yeah we'll do it that way then so that would be
1: kinetic-hmm okay verse and you're, you're difficult so are you, are you gonna are you do you want to try and do manipulative to move him a range band or no
2: no just the narrative movement more you know.
1: Yeah, dude, then and, and one purple die is your difficulty.
2: But I wanted to add the impact, right?
1: Oh, what well, if you want to? You still need yes. to yeah, you 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 if you want to, then that would be two purple dice.
2: Okay. Yeah, so we'll do that. And I think we're good.
1: All right. You guys have three story points to play around with, too. Well, you just rolled. Yep. Okay. One success, uh, two successes and one threat. So, first and foremost, the psionic attack he attempted on you earlier, is that, 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 t- that telepathic assault is still lingering in your head. Psionic energies often don't play with each other very well. Um, with that threat, you are either going to suffer two strain or one wound right now. Your choice. Uh, I'll
2: take two, two additional strain. I actually should have rolled a setback for that, too, I think.
1: Yeah, you should have. Uh, go ahead and just select the setback die, roll it, we'll add it in. fail. Okay, so you only have one success with one threat.
2: And so then I'll take four strain.
1: And you're going to suffer four strain? Okay. Um, now, with your one success, you know, uh, you're going to be, with, with M80, uh, your, your characteristic here is willpower, which is a three, plus one. This is skill rank. So that's four plus your one success. So you're going to deal five damage to him. Okay. Um, minus his soak. So he, he gets a little bit of a bruise from you knocking him uh, into a magazine stand, but nothing heavy.
2: Now, that also has, and I'm going to look, I have one rank in Discipline, and that also gains
1: the Disorient one. But you didn't roll enough Advantage to trigger that. Um, whenever you add a quality of any kind, Knockdown, Disorient, Burn, Blast, um, any quality like that, th- those are basically th- their they're weapon qualities as well. Okay? Right. Any quality, for the most part, unless the text says otherwise, requires two Advantage to activate. So... When you make the decision to, to add more to the recipe and increase your difficulty, you typically still have to roll the advantage to get that extra special thing to, to kick off. But it can kick off, whereas it otherwise wouldn't be able to.
2: Okay. And then I think, as I still have a maneuver... You
1: have a one, one maneuver, potentially two.
2: Um, I think I'm actually going to close with him.
1: All right. You're reengaged.
2: Yes. Now, is he knocked down, or is that, would that have required advantage as well?
1: That whatever knockdown is its own quality. It requires advantage.
2: Okay. All right, then I think that's my
1: turn. All right. Yeah, sorry for not explaining that clearer earlier. No, it's okay. All right, I've got
3: another PC up. All right, I think Roman will go at this point, if that's okay, Kat. By all means. All right, so Roman's going to kind of wince and grimace at taking the spray to the back and kind of hitting the, the vest underneath, and he's going to continue to move Jake towards... Cat um, and kind of direct him over there and take possession of the case uh, off of the floor where it dropped or out of Jake's hand, wherever it is. And he's then going to kind of turn back and start heading towards Emmy. All right. So he's going to direct Jake to the surveillance room so Cat can watch after him.
1: Another two maneuvers. You guys are right around the corner from the surveillance room at this point, okay? Um, You probably get there in another round's worth of movement. Rushing.
3: Yeah, so Roman's going to head the opposite direction of Jake. He's going to keep pushing Jake towards there, but Roman's wants to head back towards where Emmy is. So um, he's going to kind of direct him and tell him where he is, and move ah, Jake right. on
1: the So it's a it's it's around a corner, and Jake Jake kind of nods, uh, not at me but Cat, right?
3: Cat, uh, sorry. Yeah, I'm heading towards Emmy. Jake's You're heading towards Emmy. Emmy.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you direct you direct him. You've got the case in your hand. Um, he, he nods and kind of heads that way is about to get around the corner.
3: Okay, so then I'll use my maneuver to head towards me.
1: Okay, um, it's another NPC's turn, actually. Um, the one who hasn't gone yet uh, because the other's dead. Haha. <laughs> um, <laughs> while we're here, uh, Kat, I need you to do me a favor, okay? Sure. Um, I would like for you to roll me a perception check. Please pull up perception. Can do. Uh, your difficulty on this is going to be two red, one purple, and one black. That's a lot of difficulty. Yeah, don't worry about it. I, I just need to know if you're going to perceive something that's about to happen.
4: Double checking what I can do with that. I'll just roll it as is, I guess.
1: Oh, fantastic. One success, one threat, one despair. Okay, we're going to come back to that. So, so yeah, uh, you made a passive perception check, sort of off turn. One success, one threat, and one despair. Um, we're going to come back to that, okay? Sure thing. Um, at this point, now that Jake is on his own, um, I'm going to give him his own initiative slot at the very end of the encounter. Okay. Or excuse me, the end of the the very end of the initiative. Um, so with the remaining PC, the only one that's alive is still now engaged with M80. Uh, he's very upset, very focused on you, and very injured. Um, his psionics haven't seemed to work on you too terribly much, but he is now going to back off, disengage from you as a maneuver. And then as another maneuver, Emmy, you're the only one who can see this closely. Roman, at the distance you are, you can see this guy as you're walking towards him fish into his jacket pocket with his free hand, and he pulls out what looks like a, a, a syringe, all right? Um, but, but, a, but a combat syringe. He pulls it out, and then he jabs it into his neck. Mm. All right? Um, and with that, it it falls to the floor with an insane clatter um, and, and a shattering of broken glass from this syringe. And he's going to suffer two additional strain to then take an action. And Emmy, the hairs on his head start to stand up, and you can also see you're you're watching as he stares at you with his own concentration, he is bursting blood vessels in his eyes. you You feel me? Yeah, all right. And he is going to attempt another telekinetic, or excuse me, telepathic strike on you. Okay. Um, This time with the deadly quality. Oh, snap. I can't roll to save my life tonight. Good (laughs) Lord. That's all right. Roll save mine. Oh, got three (laughs) yellow and green and two purples, and I failed with three advantage. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You feel this insane psychic... Trauma kind of blasts into you. Um, mm-hmm. It hurts a lot. Uh, you manage to stand firm, but with those three advantages, I think he is going to give himself. No, he. It, it, he he with, with what he did going into your mind like that. I'm going to say you suffer a full upgrade to your difficulty on the next check you make. Okay. Because you're you're in you're in pain. You're having to fight back a lot of it. Um, Your your training is keeping you up. Okay. All right. All right. Who's the one PC who has yet to go this turn? Oh, that's me. Well, you are up with the last initiative slot. (laughs) Very good. Um, So
4: I'm here at this control station, and I've got access to, to basically everything going on in this room. Can I, like, kill the lights or something to help my allies, let them know what's happening to give them a bit of an advantage, like make a check somehow to hand out boost die
1: or something? I think that's a phenomenal idea. Um, I think that's an absolutely phenomenal idea. Like, so, so, typically speaking, there's there's the assist maneuver, okay, um, which is just a maneuver. Uh, but the thing is, it works on an engaged ally, okay. So, um, if you want to spend an action and make, I'll let you choose. You know, considering it's 1991, I mean, this is a this is a fairly modern system. Um, you can give me either a computers or mechanics check, and, and we'll see we'll see we'll see how it lays out. What do you want to do?
4: I'll go with computers. That seems to be my uh, my Ballywick. Okay.
1: Which ally do you wish to target for assistance?
4: Oh, let's see. Um, you know what, Cherry? She seems to be the one who is solving the problem permanently.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, so you know uh, maybe maybe you get access to the lighting grid here in the terminal. Maybe you're able to turn off all the floodlights up top to give her better optics, less glare for sure. all right. That's um, uh, I would say honestly, two purple, not hard. All right And uh,
4: no boost die or anything.
1: Nah, not that I can think of no we're're kind of we're, we're, we're kind of outside the standard rules anyway. holy smokes. okay, two success, one threat and one triumph. I'm going to take that threat and we'll stick it in my pocket with your two successes uh you definitely are, are giving a boost die to cherry So cherry you've got a boost die on your next action but you also rolled a triumph
4: i'd like to full-on upgrade her next check for her like whatever i did was just the absolute perfect thing that she needed in that moment
1: i think that's completely completely reasonable so yeah we'll give cherry a full-on upgrade to her next check very cool and
4: then i've got some maneuvers left i'm gonna scoot in the wheelie chair over to the door, uh, kick it open, and just, Jake, over here!
1: Okay. You kick the door open, and I want to talk about your failed perception check and the, at this point, two threat that I've stuck in my pocket.
4: Oh no, I totally succeeded that perception check.
1: Um,
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I understand there was a despair. I, I get where you're coming from. Absol- yeah, absolutely. It, it, was, it was the despair. So, th- th- I'm sorry, yeah, I misspoke. You succeeded the perception check, but you got to despair. You roll around and you open the door in time to see a third figure, all right? The third figure is a woman, tall, thin, almost platinum blonde hair. And she turns to you with her hands in the pocket of her trench coat at short range. And with those two threat, uh, she is going to get a boost against you. You feel a funny tickle on the back of your head. Okay. Uh, forgive me, I'm building a dice pool. All right. Andrew. That's a whole lot of dice. Yes. You feel a funny tickle on the back of your head with a, with a narrative power that she just managed to pull off. And narratively speaking, cat, you are going to fall unconscious. Cool. It's not going to last for long, but a few seconds. Uh, you have a wave of absolute nausea that falls over you. You, th- this tickle in the back of your head seems to grow towards your inner ear, and it's almost like you're experiencing vertigo at the top of a very tall building. You're in your wheelie rolly chair, and you just fall out of it. You, you completely fall out of it and are on the ground, reeling. Ouch. As you fall, you see the footsteps of a very worried Jake turning the corner, and that's the last thing you see before you black out for about three seconds. Okay? It is now the end of the round three seconds later while all this is going on you come to you feel like you're going to retch the woman is gone and Jake the contact's body is laying in front of the doorway and his head has been spun 180 degrees Uh, and it's the start of a new round (laughs) we have one NPC going first Um, at this point uh, his friend is dead he seems to get kind of a, a a weird look on his face. He kind of stares off into the middle distance for a few moments. And then he turns towards Roman. And, Emmy, uh, remind me, did you re-engage with him? Yes. Okay. He is going to spend a maneuver to disengage from you. And at this point, Roman, with your turnaround, I'd say you're at uh, medium range from him. He's going to try to do what Emmy tried to do earlier, uh, but on the briefcase. He is going to try and yank the briefcase out of your hand with telekinesis. Right. Um, so, to that end, uh, with kinetics. Um, so, what is, I'll, I'll let you choose either your athletics or your coordination. Which would you prefer to use as a. Uh,
3: uh, they are exactly the same. Oh,
1: yeah, they're both. Okay. Okay, I see. I see.
3: And this guy's still jacked up. All
1: right, three success with one advantage. Um, He rips the attache from your hands and moves it closer to him, and he's still maintaining it. So this attache is hovering in the air at short range from him right now. Um, And with his one advantage, he's going to recover his strength. All right, I have all the rest of you going this round.
3: Emmy, why don't you go your closest to him? All right, so he's right in front of me.
1: Uh, You would need to spend a maneuver to re-engage with him, but yes.
2: Okay, well, I think... At this point, he's starting to piss me off, so I think at this point I am going to spend the maneuver to engage, and then I'm just going to tackle the son of a gun
1: just to the ground.
2: Yeah, basically like tackle, tackle slash grapple, like sure, just sure, from behind. Which would that still be brawl?
1: It would still be brawl. But let's talk about what effect you're trying to achieve here. Um, are, I mean, what's what's your goal? What are you, what are you trying to what are you trying to do?
2: One, I'm trying to keep him from. Getting away because he keeps trying to run away from me while I'm trying to beat him. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, knock him down, impede his movement, and if I can break his focus on the telekinetics. But I think that would be more an effective like damage, and that's not per se what's happening. Correct?
1: Mm, well, no. I mean, I mean, th- th- it's all narrative here. It, th- the goal is whether you're trying to deal damage to him or whether you're just trying to to grapple him and hinder him. Um, and if if that's the case, we can we can work on that appropriately. So,
2: I mean, I'm thinking, you know, full-on blindside in the quarterback here, but...
1: Yeah. Um, he's also, he's taken quite a bit of injury. I'd like to point that out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, he, he is... It, it, it's obvious whatever he injected himself with has increased his psionic capability. You guys have mm-hmm. seen that, okay? Um, but physically speaking, he's pretty haggard.
2: Okay.
4: Steve, may I suggest nothing keeps a man from running away like being unconscious.
2: Yes, However, okay. So let's say then mechanically, what would brass knuckles to the back of the head? Would that be, would that be a called shot, or is that just narrative in in Genesis?
1: Um, it's just narrative, really. Okay. You know, uh, you, if if you wanna if you wanna call um, if you wanna do a called shot like to the back of his head, uh, we could do it. I don't. I mean, mechanically, I don't think it would be. I don't. I don't know if it would be worth it. Is your goal to keep this guy alive or to just take him out?
2: I really just no.
1: This because as far as you know, Jake the contact is safe.
2: Yeah, I'm just looking to take him out. Like I don't see at this point. Yeah, if the guy lives okay, if he dies, yeah, he's he's an opponent.
1: I mean, it, it's it's your call. My my suggestion would be not to overthink it. You got a three yellow brawl pool, man. If you want right. to engage, with this, and you want to engage with this guy, maybe pop another couple strain to aim. You could you could potentially jack him up.
2: Yeah, I think I'll pop the strain to aim and, yeah, just brass knuckle him.
1: Okay. Now, your difficulty on this is going to be, so so. you've got you've got your brawl plus your boost die. You do have an upgraded difficulty due to what he rolled previously, those three advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're looking at one purple and one red. You also have story points I would like to put, point out. And if you were to spend one, you would get an extra green on this pool.
2: Yeah, I think I'll do that unless anybody objects. Go
1: to town, man. It's your decision. All right. So if that's the case, click on the green to add another green to your pool. Yep. And roll it up, man.
2: So I've got three yellow, green, and a blue versus a red and a purple. Got it. Okay.
1: (laughs) All right. Four success and two advantage. So four success plus your base is going to be eight wounds on this guy. And Mm -hmm. you got two advantage. I'm going to tell you with with the successes you've got, yeah, you pop him in the back of his head and you feel the crunch of wet bone. Mm Mm-hmm and he drops. Okay. So he's out of it.
2: So I think I'm going to take my advantage and recover a little bit of strain because I'm getting up there.
1: <laughs> if you wish, yes. At this point, though, the encounter's over. So, all right, let, let, let's, let's wrap this up narratively then. You, you recover some strain. He drops. Roman, I'm assuming you're going to run after the briefcase and grab it because it's now, at this point, fallen to the floor.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. Cat, you're staring at the dead body of Jake. Like like I'm face to face with him, but he
4: has his back to me. Oh. <laughs> Yuck <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my feet under me and uh slowly kind of stand up
1: and I screwed up. You hear a phone, because th- at this point it's been about 15 seconds, maybe 20 seconds since everything started. You hear a phone ringing back inside, in, in, you know, at, the, at the, the desk terminal where you were. Oh, geez, that takes me a moment to realize it's not my head. I, I, I walk over and I pick it up. Uh, it's the fire department, and, and, and basically uh, they're, they're at this point, finally, 20 seconds later since the fu- fire alarm went off, calling to validate that, you know, what's going on. You did roll a successful deception check earlier, which covers this. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of groggily say oh, this is a false alarm. Don't worry about it. Well, we got reports on site that there's a bomb threat. A bomb threat? Yes, security personnel. I I haven't. Let me let me check into that. Uh, hold on. I'll just set the phone down and walk away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, narratively speaking, yeah, we're at the end of the encounter. Like at a high level, what do you guys in the interest of time? What do you what do you guys want to do? I mean. Uh, are, are, are the three of you... So, Cherry, you're, you're, you're kind of up in the rafter area. You'll need to exit via your standard fill. But, yeah. you know, Emmy and Roman, I mean, what now? You've got the case. Would you would you exit? Would you head to Cat? What would you do? As far as you both know, Jake wandered around the corner towards Cat, too.
3: Yeah, I'm heading back towards Cat to collect Cat and Jake. Yeah.
1: Okay, I think the two of you can come around the corner just as Cat's getting off the phone and see the grisly scene of your dead friend... Uh, yeah.
3: What the hell happened here, Cat? I missed somebody.
1: What do you Woman, mean you
3: missed somebody?
4: Wand, psychic, hit me hard with, uh, mind stuff. Um, and I guess did this. I was
3: gone for two seconds.
1: I, yeah. Uh, well, where did she go? Not towards you. At this point, you guys can hear heavy sirens outside the building. I mean, this is Grand Central Terminal. Um, heavy sirens are coming. Uh, I mean, your, your deception cat has kept them out of the building for the time being and certainly, or kept, kept, kept local security away and interfering. But all of you realize that you probably have less than a minute before you are going to have to deal with some, well, local law enforcement.
3: Well, we need to get out of here.
1: Yeah.
0: Cherry, Cherry has already started making her way to the rendezvous point that I'm sure we discussed at some point.
3: Yes. Emmy,
0: grab Jake.
3: Let's okay.
2: go. Yeah, I'll,
0: I'll
4: shoulder Jake's body and should should we be going out this way? It, I mean, she obviously went this way, so is our exit compromised? Do I need to I'm at
1: this point like standing Just in the move Kat.
3: Of the
1: cat. All right, and with okay. with with a, with, a, with a gruff with a gruff shove and Emmy, I'm assuming you're you're hauling the the, the poor body of, of Jake?
2: Yeah, yeah, kind of over the shoulder cuz well, we got to beat feet.
1: All right. Well, with that The camera pans out at the exterior of Grand Central Terminal as dozens of squad cars and fire engines start to converge around the place. People still continue to swarm out and you guys manage to leave through the service entrance rendezvousing about a block away with Cherry and we fade to a rather grimy office building uh, which serves as the local branch office sort of safe house uh, for the agency in New York City. One of them at least. And I think it's a good time, gentlemen, if you wouldn't agree, for a break.
2: All right, folks, there you have chapter one, part one of Mind Over Matter. A little bit Genesis actual play here on Me and Steve Talk RPGs. We'd like to remind you that if you'd like to contact us at all, you can do so at meandsteverpgs at gmail.com, on Twitter at andRPGs. We're also on Facebook, and you can find the links to all these in the show notes below, along with links to our Discord server, where you can come and chat with us. So uh, we hope you enjoyed Part 1 here. Part 2 should drop in about two weeks. And with that, it's time to be kind to each other and go play some RPGs!
0: Intro and outro music by the band 12 Noon. You can email us at meandsteverpg at gmail.com. You can also find us at facebook.com slash meandsteverpg. Thank you and be kind to each other.
3: How much for the cigar? Cigar, 20 bucks, dog. You got to go down the street to the store and buy that.